Hey everyone, welcome into season two, episode four of the Altitude Athletics podcast. John here. Today we have on Miles Work, a friend of mine, trainer from up north. Um, Miles has an incredible story about uh, creating a culture of fitness on the Fort Belknap Indian Reservation. And so we thought we'd bring him on today to talk to us about how he did all that challenges he faced and some of those things. So stay tuned. This is one of my favorite interviews that we've done so far. Miles. Hello there. What's up, man? How you doing? Oh, good. 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 Can you hear me okay? Yep. Perfect. Nice. Uh, right on, man. Well, good. We finally got you on here. I, uh, I think the first time I asked you was like six months ago <laughs> and we finally got around to it. So, um, and I think some things have changed since then for you. sounds like. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. A lot of nice, things man. actually. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, first of all, congrats, man. You got a, you got a little one on the way, right? I do. Little boy. Little boy. Right on. When is, uh, when does she do? He is due August first but i'm betting he comes in july oh yeah okay um and then also i we'll talk about this a little bit later too but you just got a new job i did i did yeah nice man um well uh so for those of you guys um a few of you around the gym have met miles before he's come down and visited um but uh miles is up in harlem and we met man what was it 20 no 2015 maybe i think it was 2014 2014 um at our, my place uh coaching a uh weightlifting seminar um and miles was one of the athletes down there so yeah man um uh, i uh, i thought it'd be fun to have you on here because you got uh you got a unique situation especially through the last year of things uh, a little different than I think a lot of the rest of us were around the state. So yep. um, once you start, just uh, maybe fill me in a little bit, like tell us about you um, kind of growing up, why you got into fitness and uh, give us a little like three minute story on that. Okay. Well, I'm, uh, I've been born and raised up in Harlem, Montana, up here on the High Line, Northeastern Montana, right off Highway 2 about 40 miles east of Haver. Um, small town, a couple thousand in the actual town of Harlem. And then we are three miles off of the Fort Belknap the Indian Reservation. And I am an enrolled member of the Grovant tribe of Fort Belknap. Um, so I have lots of family, friends here, born and raised here, immersed in the culture. Um, been a good experience went to uh harlem public school system uh bleed maroon and white you know i'm a harlem wildcat <laughs> for life <laughs> but i guess my uh my starting on the fitness really was um basketball growing up you know started in grade school it's big up there right? oh it's huge everywhere in indian yeah. country but uh you know a small town especially in montana these class B schools were class B school. Basketball is huge. Hmm. So we uh, started doing that. Um, my classmates were already kind of going a little bit before I was, but um, 
a lot of them were my relatives and they asked me to join the team and I think third grade. So I started doing that. We just traveled all over the high line, um, all over the state actually. And we were, ended up being a pretty team. We won a lot of tournaments and, um, just fell in love with, you know, a sport to begin with. And that developed into a passion for fitness. Cause my dad told me, um, if I wanted to excel and, develop as an athlete i had to start working out and doing things on my own sounds like a smart man yeah yeah <laughs> um so yeah so i just kind of started out doing push-ups sit-ups air squats you know toe raisers all that kind of stuff in my bedroom at nighttime before i'd go to sleep to start out um harlem never really had an established weightlifting program and um they kind of fight for people under I think sophomores in high school even join a weightlifting class which I strongly disagree with but um so we all kind of had to do things on our own you know utilize Mm -hmm. uh just our own bought dumbbells or whatever you know but we played basketball year round and um junior high started playing other sports like football and uh track and those types of things um, so that helped out along the way, you know, prepared for that, building on speed and agility and those types of things. Um, and I've nice. always had a, a passion for the outdoors too. So I always wanted to stay in shape for those types of activities. Avid hunter, avid fisherman, um, just love basically doing anything outdoors, um, outside being in the gym. I love the gym still, but. Yeah, you do it. You do a ton of hunting and fishing up there. I know you've given me a bunch of meat and and fish in the past. I love it. Every time he comes to visit, Miles has got something in hand for me. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. So, and you went to did you? You said uh, University of Montana, right? I did. So after graduating yep. in Harlem, two thousand eight, I went on to University of Montana. Um, knew I wanted to be in the fitness field, so I went into health and human okay. performance. Um, at the time I didn't really know what I wanted to go into, you know, so I didn't dive right into exercise science. There was, a uh, another route called applied health science, um, which my advisors kind of told me to, uh, would be the best route. Check which, out. Yeah. What you, year, what year did you go to M- or, uh, U of M? In 2008, fall of 2008. And I graduated okay. in May of 2012. Okay. So. You were probably right at the time. Um, I was just before you. I was, I'm a little bit older than you. I graduated in 08. Um, but kind of at this time when I was kind of, I was going to school and I, I was kind of interested in fitness stuff as well and thinking about how to, you know, I was looking at like physical therapy and some other things. And um, there wasn't a lot of careers in strength and conditioning because the big CrossFit boom hadn't happened. There wasn't a lot of these like, micro gyms we call them where like what, what altitude athletics is or um and now there's so many other variations of it you know there's orange theories and there's you know white space gyms that that aren't really affiliated with anything they're just kind of their own thing and um there wasn't as many of those opportunities until right around that like 2012 time frame it started to blow up 
Um, so it was kind of like you either became like a personal trainer or maybe you went to a college and became a strength and conditioning coach. And those were kind of your, your options. So it's kind of interesting that like we got into this like right as it was starting to get big where now you could go work at a gym like, like ours or now you could own a gym like ours or do something like that and actually make a, a career out of it. Right. Yeah. And that was definitely my two uh, kind of alleys um, going into it. Like I, I either thought I was going to be a personal trainer, like a global type gym, charge mm-hmm. hourly per client or going to strength and conditioning uh geared up for my cscs strength conditioning test studied for that and did that type of stuff but uh i just knew i wanted to help people in the fitness world when i came home i started with the uh i did an internship for the diabetes prevention program here actually did you always know you wanted to go back home? i did um school? yeah growing up people like our leaders and stuff here always told us to go off and get our education and come back and help our people so that was mm-hmm. always a goal of mine I wanted to to go out and learn and see the world in a sense and then come back and help people the best of my ability and super thankful I was able to follow through with that um, yeah that's awesome yeah so started with diabetes prevention did that for a couple of years well, a little over a year, I want to say. And that was awesome. I just got to put on a lot of cool, like, just basically any activity that would get people moving. So we did, like, youth fishing trips and hiking and bike clubs and uh, horseshoe leagues, you name it, <laughs> basketball tournaments. It was, that was a fun time. But we have a uh, a rec center here. Well, now it's like a rec center um, called Red Whip Fitness Center. Where does that name come from? Um, so Red Whip is an actually a really uh, highly renowned figure in Fort Belknap. He was a okay. former chief of the Grovant tribe here. Um, and there's some really great stories about him. Um, really... Uh, strong warrior in battle and just kind of a highly renowned name here. Cool. Okay. So you got the red whip in the early days. Yeah. Early days. Basically um, when I came back in 2012, it was just kind of basically an unsupervised warehouse. You know, there's a 25 meter pool, a basketball gym, and then a weight room and, a lot of it was really run down. The basketball gym itself had tile floor, so it killed your shin when you play. <laughs> um, yeah, we grew up playing in there. Your shins weren't in good shape. Oh, your knees, but And then the pool was in really bad shape. You know, it was a painted cement bottom, and there was always paint chips floating around, other things like that. But huh. um, the one guy that was kind of employed over there decided to take a job elsewhere and i begged the tribal administration to put me in that building and pitch to them a vision i had and thank god they believed in me and believed in my vision and they put me over there and um, they went for it in october what 
So what was your vision for that place? My vision was just to turn it around. You know, I wanted to be, like you said, CrossFit was kind of getting big. And Mm -hmm. I had gotten into CrossFit like just months before that, you know, wanting to, I'd done things like P90X and like just global gym type lifting, but I always missed kind of the intensity of competition, I guess. So I would get on the main site and just look up workouts and go through the scores or whatever and just try to put up a good score every day. So I started that way and I just knew I could turn this place into a legit gym. You know what I mean? There was so much Mm -hmm. untapped potential there. And my supervisor ahead of me just gave me the reins and I put in uh like blueprints and layouts and how I wanted to get things set up and we made a couple huge rogue fitness orders and we got everything from nice row machines to pull up rig bumpers and bars and all new stuff you know we kept some like treadmills and cable machines things like that for other populations too so it wasn't a pair cost mm-hmm. gym I wanted to appeal to everybody to use the gym because like i said it's not pure crossfit it was a a basically a recreational center for all community members yep let's kind of come full circle there's a lot of crossfit gyms that have those kinds of things in them now too so um there's there's still a lot of values in those a lot of value in those things um so you're saying so you you got the um sorry is it the tribal uh leaders or community leaders to approve this for you so do they have to like vote on it like how does that work when um you go in and you pitch this idea to them do they have to vote or decide to you know give you this money to to update the gym to the how does that work yeah so um our government is run by a council of eight members known as the tribal council and these representatives kind of oversee all budget type issues or whatever. So I proposed this plan to my supervisor. Supervisor approved it. And we put budgets and quotes together, presented them, and got everything approved by them. And they take um, funding allocated for like health and fitness and different programs and stuff. And they could use those monies um, for those types of uh, purposes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Okay. So that was kind of step one. Um, I would imagine that step two was convincing people they needed to come in and use all this new stuff. Yeah. So (laughs) it was amazing how at first, how difficult it was to get people to come in. Um, Do you think more so than in other areas? Is there something... um, was there something in particular or was, what do you, what do you think that was? I think so. Just the culture around there really hasn't ever been anyone that pitched fitness as a whole in, in the importance yeah. of it. So I really tried to advertise and market um, how great the gym was, you know, benefits of it stuff. And I just tried to lead by example. Really. I worked out hard at the time and I think more so the, the crew I ended up developing were kind of people that mm-hmm. did trickle in and 
saw me working out and wondering what I was doing. Like that dude's how ripped. Get, yeah, how <laughs> <I get results. laughs> and things like that. And um, from there, just developed a small group. And then we just started advertising on like Facebook and the radio station and whatever, you know, and slowly more and more people started trickling in and developed a good crew to where I was teaching classes multiple times a day. And I, turned into something awesome awesome um was your style would you say it was pretty like crossfit oriented was it stuff that you had learned in the past i know you competed a little bit in weightlifting as well that's kind of where we met um where, what was your style of doing things there so the general classes i taught were more crossfit style um uh-huh. i would program just a general uh uh, fitness program you know for our population mm-hmm. um so i'd start with a, a strength portion or you know like a imam to start out get our clients warmed up and teach them the olympic lifts or things like that you know and then we'd break yep. into uh, a metcon or conditioning piece and then go over some accessory type stuff at the end to help uh build stability or balance or things like that sure um, so just basically like a, a normal CrossFit class, I guess you see in a lot of gyms. Um, outside of those set classes, I would work with individuals or youth or other groups too on um, like strength and conditioning, plyometrics, um, speed and oh, explosiveness, cool. things like that too. And then we even had like more, more traditional strength and conditioning concepts yep, maybe. More- more traditional like that kind of thing. Kind of yeah. sport specific with certain people I would ask for different things. Um, we even had groups of like older gals that would come in and um, ask for just the, the low impact, you know, um, general fitness type stuff. How to maintain. Sure. So it was just kind of a, a broad spectrum spectrum of everything. So it was, I stayed busy all the time and it was, it was great. Nice. Uh, so this would have been right around, you said like 2012, 2013? Yeah, got everything going in 2013. Um, okay. I think cool. we got all the equipment and that stuff actually set up and going after we had some success in 2014, early 2014. And then it started really taking off in early 2015, I wanted to say. Awesome. And kind of let's like fast forward maybe a little to kind of where you were at. You said you, so you, you took this kind of rundown ish facility that was there, revamped it, re-energized the community a little bit to get in and start working out more, um, taking care of themselves a little bit more. Um, and then kind of where you got to like, how many people a day do you think you were seeing as you'd go through there from, like when you began to when you maybe like before the COVID timeframe at your busiest point, maybe okay. when we first started out, I mean, it was probably one class of, I don't know, five, six people. We slowly mm-hmm. built up at our peak. We probably had, I had three legit classes from 10 to 20 people per class. Um, that I was just teaching as those classes. And then in general with the youth and other people that were working out and using the building, we easily had at our peak, probably over a hundred people a day. 
That's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, so that's a, that's a, a big uh, accomplishment, I think. Um, and just building a, a gym down here in a, in a place like Bozeman where fitness is well received and, and already has kind of a, um, a big like staple in the lifestyle out here. I, I can tell you that's a hard thing to do, let alone being, I think, um, where you said there was not a culture of fitness that already existed. Uh-huh. So it's pretty cool, man. Um, um, so I want to talk because we got shut down when, when COVID hit, this is, so we're talking what's today, April yeah. 6th. So a year ago I was closed at this time. We closed, I believe it was March 15th. And we were closed for two months, almost to the day. And uh, I know you guys, I, I remember talking to you at one point, last year. And I was like, wait a minute, you guys are still closed. And, uh, so the red whip shut down. Tell me about how, um, COVID shut you guys down, how that impacted everything up there. Um, and cause you guys, you guys got shut down for a long time and maybe why that all was different for you guys versus, um, for us here. Yeah. COVID came and kind of put a wrench in things for everyone. Um, in particular, us being on a Indian reservation, um, like I said, we're governed differently, and everything has to uh-huh. go through the tribal council. So with Native Americans being at higher health risks for basically everything, uh, heart disease, diabetes, um, you name it, you know, there's a lot more. Yeah, yeah the comorbidities, comorbidities and risk of fatality and stuff so with that high risk and our high population of those types of people um the thought of covid coming here and spreading and impacting that group of people put such a fear in our government and our leaders that it would just decimate um those people in that population yeah um we have a lot of elders and we we hold our elders on a on a pedestal you know we we really Mm -hmm. uh respect our elders and that was a big fear um so everything was just shut down and they took a really cautious approach to everything um followed everything with the cdc uh moving forward but even as time went on and things kind of extended um, when the state and other places kind of started to get to open back up, our council has continued to keep things closed. Um, mm-hmm. To this day, the whole tribal workforce is still, most of it, I'd say probably 80% of it is working remotely still. They, they are starting to phase back into wow. opening certain things up. Um, but they're still pushing the masks and social distancing like everyone else is, you know, but they're just staying super cautious. Um, I honestly think they would open up Red Whip at this time or try to at least sections of it. But um, there's other frustrating things that go into it too, but they decided to do renovations, which it needed. And it's still currently under renovation right now. 
Um, gotcha. So that's why Red Whip is still closed at this moment. Um, otherwise, I think it'd be open, but I could go into my frustrations with how that's been. <laughs> yeah. But. No, I hear you. Well, it's it's tough too because in from our perspective, I know a lot of people feel you know it's what we're trying to do is is to create a healthier population should be what prevents a lot of that stuff. And so it's frustrated when you can't go to work (laughs) and can't help people, you know, know? like I said, um, Um, in our intro, you know, my whole thing has been wanting to help people. And, uh, that was kind of my argument with everything was like, we could still practice the social distancing and do, um, take all the other precautions that we need to take, follow the guidelines. I said, but the gym has been proven to not be a super spreader. Um, The people who Mm -hmm. uh, take care of their bodies and stay healthy physically. um, I mean, they, this virus doesn't really affect them um, outside of the, the the few outliers. Rare few. Yeah. So it's, like you said, it's been a frustrating process yep. and really pushing for people to, I thought it should have pushed people to want to be healthier. You know what I mean? Especially physically, but it's mm-hmm. really put all that on the back burner and it's frustrating. Cause I know when people talk to me and you see it on social media everywhere and stuff, people kind of joke about it um, now about putting on COVID weight. And that's a set, that's a sad reality <laughs> of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, hopefully that when uh, when renovations are done and now that vaccines are rolling out and stuff, that you can you guys can get that place back open again. So, um, well, the other thing was you know, we mentioned kind of as we were getting started here, you have a new job, you know, so you've you've moved on from the Red Whip, um, which I'm sure was a really difficult thing for you to do so tell me a little bit about that why you made that decision and what you are doing now yeah so it was a very difficult decision for me um i've put my heart and soul into red whip um done everything i feel like i could do with the resources i had and um just kind of hoping other people respect it and will take that on to another level. Um, the end goal is to always just wish that someone will make it even better than what I've done to it. Um, but with that said, I've been offered a few different jobs and I've, I've spoke to you about it in the past year or so too. And just seeing these new opportunities come up, it kind of had me thinking um, it may be time for change. Um, and I felt like I got the ball rolling with helping our people and kind of got the mindset where I created this culture that'll stay around. Um, and I was offered a job with a company here. It's a really good company. They offer great benefits, great pay. They're doing really great things as far as employing, um, people on our reservation and 
really, really helping out with unemployment rates, which were big before, especially in the area that they're um, located. So they offered me a position as a wellness and benefits coordinator to come in. And so I'm taking um, control along with some employees that are already in place with their benefits program, which is really great. And then they're also giving me the reins to develop a, a corporate wellness program for the whole company. And that was That's the, cool. the eye-opener for me. Like it, it still gives me the opportunity to create something positive and help those um, in that population. Um, they, with their company, everyone grinds all day. They're um, mainly sitting at computers and uh, doing phone calls and things like that. And they're kind of giving me the freedom to come up with ideas and work with supervisors and other things on how we could get employees moving more and what we could provide um, fitness wise in the future, you know, um, possibly building um, a company gym in different locations, you know, um, things like that, you know, just basically the opportunity to dream big again, like how when I first started with the tribe, um, that's the exciting part is I get to get to put a a dream into action and hopefully see that through. Yeah. Change the culture there a little bit too. Next. And that's awesome, man. Good for you. Happy for you. Uh, So, and you've started there now. I just started. started? uh, I think this week was my fourth week with the company. So nice. How's it it's going, going so good. Far? It's definitely different from working yeah. hands-on and training people in a gym type situation, but it's it's going back to the skills that you you have during school and um, kind of redeveloping all those. You know, working with people and a lot of it's virtually. You know, doing virtual meetings and things like that still, yeah. but it's it's a change of pace, but it's a good change of pace. Cool. Awesome, man. Um, well, I don't want to go too much longer. Um, I want to thank you again for coming on here. We've stayed friends since we met five or six years ago. And a lot of that's talking about the Vikings or (laughs) stuff like that, but there's frustrations with the, I joke, I joke with uh, uh, everybody up here when I talk football and, tell people i want the vikings be my pallbearers when i die so they can let me down let me down one last time <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> brutal oh man hopefully by that time they'll have one, at least one oh, under their belt but i hope i don't know i don't know um yeah so well i'm glad we, we finally got to do this so um you got a cool story and i knew that so i wanted to uh share that with some of our people here. And so thanks again for coming on. Anything else that you want to throw our way while I have you that we oh, missed or glossed thanks over? For the opportunity. Um, glad we finally got to chat. And yeah. It's been great uh, meeting you guys, you and Tyson when it first started out and Bo Bergner and at the, at the weightlifting meeting oh, yeah. or, comp- or training and 
got into weightlifting. Yeah, we had a good crew, and it was August Schmidt was, was one of the coaches was. too, wasn't he? Yeah, he's yeah, doing pretty doing good down things. there too. Um, but it's been so. a fun time. Did uh, some weightlifting under your guidance, you know, in competition, and that went well. And continue to do CrossFit, and it's just been really good. Kept in touch with you ever since. I claim you as family. You've been nothing but good to me, and. <laughs> Uh, we need to plan some some hunting or some fishing in the future. I know we gotta we gotta do something. This last year has been weird, but we'll, yeah. we'll figure it out, man. I promise. Uh, all right, uh, thanks, Miles. We will chat again soon. Uh, congrats on everything uh, new for you. All right, thanks for and having. Good me. luck. Bye.